welcome backstage. We're doing it live. I'm here with Jerome Hardaway. Jerome, big fan, man. I'm a big fan. You know I'm a big fan. We met each other years ago at OzCon. Haven't talked yes. since, and I, I feel so bad about that. I've thought about you several times, though. Reach out to a player, that, man. Well, I'm you know, you're busy. <laughs> it gets busy, you know. It's So it's not a matter of not wanting to. It's just a matter of being busy, man. I'm a family yeah, yeah. guy trying to run this thing here called Changelog. You know, it's just a just get busy, you know. I totally so, understand. I'm, my uh, excuses are done, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever, man. I, I just have, <laughs> we just had a one month, though, man. So... Wow! I like, yeah, I totally understand that you know life gets comes at you fast. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> I, mean, I got a, a almost two year old and a five year old and a seventeen year old. See, uh, I like I'm, I love our I love our newborn, but I'm like I'm kind of regretting it now. It's like dang, <laughs> we almost had everybody out the house and we started over. Like we got a fourteen year old, a fifteen year old, and an eighteen year old, and now. Yeah. Now we have one month out, and it's like, yo, no, we started all over again. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel you on that, be, man. You know I'm what, though? The old man. The one thing about uh, children is that uh, they got a way of winning over, man. They got a way of just, especially dads, man, taking that heart, man. I, just, I love it, man. Honestly. Legacy versus dynasty, man. That's, That's right, man. Deadline. Yeah, you know, when you're when you're doing the work, like, when I, th I think about Vetsuko, I mean, I'm I am a stoic by trade, right? Like, I'm yeah. the, what the thing that keeps me uh, most productive and focused is I literally have like a like a makeshift obituary on my and a, like eulogy on my oh, desk really? that I read. Yeah, so let me remind you, you go like, that this far, is, huh? Yeah, this is you what I want people nearby. Can you read some of it? Is it is it like public no, and shareable private. or is it internal? It's, not, it's private. Okay, it's private. Yeah, it's private. So, it, but the goal is to write it and then you know do the work, make it come true. And that's mm. legacy, right? Yeah. So, but when it comes to children, you know, you, go, you switch over from legacy to dynasty, right? So, legacy is like the thing that you leave behind that makes you know that makes your name echo beyond you know your entire your lifespan, like you know, yeah. dying twice, as they say. Uh, but dynasty is like you know, it is the things that you do today to ensure that the generations that are related to you, like in the future. You know, they are going to be okay. They're going to have resources and tools. They need to have a happy life to chase the American dream. It's just, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, the, the, the mind, the mental switch is wild, right? So it is. Yeah. It is, man. Yeah. So you're from the ATL. Is that right? Negative. I'm in Atlanta. I'm from uh, Memphis originally uh, and moved to, moved to, Back to Memphis after the military, then moved to Nashville, and now we moved to Atlanta. Uh, just, I think one part was because wife, she ended up getting a like super cool promotion at Zillow, and then uh, I ended up just, oh, uh, Microsoft has an office here, even though the people mm -hmm. I work with at Microsoft's in Seattle. I was like, I, I might as well move to a you know, nice Microsoft compound area as well. So yeah. that was easy, uh, W. Very cool. So Memphis, huh? And you said yes. negative. So clearly, you know, we're talking to a soldier here because you know, <laughs> but that's okay. Negative goes right out of that pattern is full. That's that's a mix yeah. of Air Force though, but uh, yeah. and a movie. So uh, what movie is that? Top Gun. Uh, see, I haven't I've never watched Top Gun. Like, Top Gun. I, don't know, I, hate I mean, that's uh, Tom Cruise at his finest, man. Tom OG Cruise. Tom Cruise. Oh, when they weren't lying to us about his height, like he actually looked five four in the movie. 
Uh, yeah. Well, he was next to Goose, and I think, what was that? Uh, I think that guy's actually passed away now. The guy who played Goose. What was his name? Man, he was in the movie Nerds, too. Can't remember his name. What a well, bummer. I'm thinking Val Kilmer or something like that. Well, Val Kilmer was one of them. He was Ice, and Goose yeah. was his uh, was his uh, side-by-side. And I'm going to look it up right now on IMDb. I'm a big fan of IMDb.com, by the way. Not the actual website, but the app is better. But the website itself is so good. I'm, and, I have um, a website, uh, my favorite website that has nothing to do uh, with tech. Serious Eats. So I totally eats. feel you. Yeah, totally feel you on like yeah. having something. That you have so to Anthony love. Edwards was the guy I was thinking about. Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Edwards, and I, I yeah. thought he passed away. I could be wrong that he's still alive, but I, I thought I heard that he passed away from. From something he's Top Gun, Nerds, Revenge of the Nerds, all that good stuff, man. You know, he was Goose. He was Tom Cruise's sidekick, Maverick's sidekick named Goose. <laughs> That's my call sign in uh, Slack. Maverick. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, and that's funny because this is the, like the fourth time people bring up Top Gun. I'm like, I just chose it. Because what a maverick is. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, that it was like a Top Gun thing. I just out here in these streets, like picking out, you know, random call signs because I could. Yeah. <laughs> I was like Captain America one. It's kind of like, oh, I used to be Captain America JS. And then I was like, I'll switch it to Maverick. And I haven't switched it back since. So. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's good, man. <laughs> so we're recording this the day before Veterans Day. And uh, and so I mentioned that I've thought about you a lot. One, uh, it was cool meeting you, and I pay attention to what you do. And then, you know, I'm a veteran. I was in the military. I was in the Army for three and a half years. And uh, I got a— You should have said that. What the hell? Did I give you a coin? I don't think you did, did but that's okay. You need to go ahead and uh, shoot me in the attic so I get you a hash flag coin. Like, what is wrong with you? Oh, like, man. I would love that. I would, I would love that. I would rep it, man. I got a drill sergeant's coin. I think I got a coin from being in Bosnia. A couple other things. I obviously got my uh, my stations coin. I was in Fort Drum. I was in 10th Mountain Division, the aviation unit there. 10th Aviation. Uh, I worked on a, a uh, what they call FARP, Forward Area Refueling Point. I worked with helicopters. I pumped gas for a living, bro, in, in the military. I was a glorified <laughs> gas man, basically. It's okay. I was the glorified like <laughs> security guard slash like air cop, right? So yeah. like that's what security forces is. And that's when you look at you know, they do that weird thing of like, oh, here are the jobs that you can qualify for. And it was like cop, security guard, air marshal, which ironically, none of those were hiring when I got out of the military because it was a great recession. So I was like, Oh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> so, when did uh when did you ETS? Uh two thousand nine. August 13th, 2009. ATS in 2001, right before 9-11, man. I, uh, 2001, I was in 10th grade, so I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) smile. Man, how did that feel? Like, did did it make you want to get back into the fight, or you were like having a... I, I feel like if I was one of those people that ETS right right before 9-11 and then everything went down, I'd be like, okay, pulling back in, coach. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, like maybe, like maybe it would, you know, you'd be like, okay, I know I want to do this bad, 
but I also know that I have greater purpose and I don't want to like squander the things that I have planned. I can know that can help it because you know, change like impacts a lot of people now, right? Yeah, so I think about like, so you probably think about that. Like, if I had decided I do, to man. go and back in. Would change log be here? I had a little impact that I have. It wouldn't right? be, man. So, it wouldn't exactly. be. So. No, it wouldn't be, honestly. And you know, that that was actually a real struggle for me because I got out. And so to answer your question guilty. directly, I I was ready to be out of the military. Despite me loving the military, I was ready to be out. I was ready to, to forge my new path. And you know, I had mentally prepared, nobody mentally or emotionally prepared for our country to be attacked in that regard. And so I wanted to go back in, but at the same time, I had some plans in motion, you know, because like I got out in January and it wasn't until September that that tragedy happened, of course. So I had that nine months ish to sort of get into my grooves. Now, I was obviously young, too, and I was stupid and I made mistakes, you know, and those 20 year old mistakes, essentially. So, yeah, I wanted to get back in, but um, I got in. Uh, originally in, in 1998, I, I uh, entered service and uh, I was, I would say I was pretty not smart back in those days. I didn't test well on my ASVAB, which is the test, as you know, but for listeners, the ASVAB is what you take to qualify, essentially to, it predicts your intelligence and it qualifies you for certain jobs in the military. And you can either be a gas man like I was or get offered intelligence or maybe being a cop like you were or whatever the, the MOS turned out to be. Funny you know. story. I was offered Intel chose cop because some dude was trying to make his quota and try to hurry up and push us through. It's like, you know, you know, cops are like they're super cool. They're like the yeah. you know MPs, there. Yeah, yeah, MP sees all this jargon. You get a cool beret and stuff, and you're 17. You don't know any better. And like I never forget a Navy um recruiter. And she, she called me up after I took the ASVAB, and I told her I already signed the Air Force. She's like, what was your AFSC? And I told her uh, 3PLX1, and she was like, you could have had any job you wanted. She laughed and hung up on me. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't even say bye. I was like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> well, she got her own quotas to fill. That's the thing, you know? Like, rude. <laughs> yeah. I got so. a friend, actually, who just uh, retired from the Navy as a, as a Master Sergeant, Master Chief. Uh, his name is Nick Davis. Super proud of him because he just—he, my wife just flew up to Indiana for his uh, his retirement from the yeah. from the Navy, and like that's a like I didn't retire. I stayed in for my three and a half years, and I got out. Uh, but my heart is still there. Like my, I still got friends that I was battle buddies with, you know, all that stuff, and I I pay attention to you know their lives and whatnot. We're still involved. And you know, to the things that impact the military. Yeah, I totally get it, man. Like, but uh, I haven't done anything service-wise back to the military. Like I haven't gone back to like veterans by any means to like serve them. You know what I mean? Like you have with Vetsu Code, for example, to pour back into those who are transitioning from military life to civilian life and think of what's next. You know, that's a that's a tough transition, anyways. But then to have a uh, I would kind of call you like a like a life raft or a life preserver or something like that for those <laughs> who exit. Right, that is, that's incredibly uh, awesome, but uh, that's not what I am. I don't think I am like that. I, I mean, the, the organization Vetu Code, like yeah, it's, a, organ- it's a lifeline, is what I, I mean. It's a lifeline. I, would, I think it is a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Mm-hmm. Because I remember being out the military and not having the resources I needed, and you know. 
first and foremost, Nevetsuko uh, was birthed. It's a totally different ballgame, right? So, um, people, when I came out the gate, and you know, we were talking about Vetsuko, and like, like I said, I'm a, you know, spoiler alert, black guy from Memphis. Uh, people were literally looking at me like I was crazy, talking about enlisted troops can code and, like, you know, do all this heavy, like, mental stuff. And, like, this problem solving. And they were looking at me like I was, like, talking gibberish. And I was like, no, uh, we can absolutely do that. Um, uh, that is what, you know, if you've gone to Iraq or Afghanistan or been on a boat or a submarine, you learn how to problem solve without all the resources pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's usually it's civilians who don't think about us like that. They saw, they, you know, they see a movie uh, with, you know, some a bunch of uh, kids getting yelled at and being called crazy names by a drill sergeant, and that's their, or, you know, they see, you know, Saving Private Ryan, uh, any movie where there's nothing but firefights, and then they see the old-school VSO commercials that are talking about us being, you know, destitute, PTSD-riddled, like, alcohol, you know, adult, you know, veterans that, that need help. Uh, and they don't talk about anything else with us, right? So that's all the veteran. That's all the civilians see. Well, I saw, you know, I saw something different in myself, right? Because I, you know, I when you have that ability to be able to, you know, solve problems, you know, I pick up a book and learn SQL in like three, four months. Like, you know, you're looking around like these people really are underestimating us. And back then we had that advantage. Well, now VWC doesn't have that advantage, right? Because Everybody, not only does everybody know that veterans can do the work, they also have done the legislation to ensure that the GI Bill, they get access to the GI Bill. So now you, uh, I just heard of a non, another nonprofit, uh, but they serve everybody, but they're, they're getting $18,000 a uh, person. And I'm like, we don't raise that in a year, like straight up. Like everything, all every W you've seen, like... We don't raise that in a year. Like, we make our, when you donate to VWC, you literally make your impact. If we get one veteran through the door at a job, you, we make our financial impact off of one veteran, right? That's mm. just how much, like, money we raise. But we do, we go so hard in the paint and we get put so many people through and do so many resources that people, it's so funny because people think, uh, like, we're just like crazy, like, Big level nonprofit. Like, no, it's just a bunch of military dudes doing what military dudes do, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, you know, but and now what we've been like, what we evolved to is we want to create those 1.5 developers because we know that you know, the code schools are essentially creating developer farms that you know give high level coding skills. Um, you know, on the creation level but they're not doing a lot of things that we're doing right they're not jumping they're not deep diving into a language they're not talking about you know git flow and uh how to work as a team and collaborate and kanban and scrum they're not looking at aws lambdas they're not you know i tell, i make a joke because like we're still the only organization that trusts their uh students to push code to their website like mm. to this day Right. You don't go can't go to General Assembly and see a troop uh, student that is in cohort or in learning uh, pushing code to General Assembly's website, even though, you know, that's what you should be able to do. Right. Like your a your stack 
should be around that. B, uh, you know, that's I, I value myself as being the first person that's going to put trust in you to do something great. Right. I if, if you have to be great, I want it to start with me. I treat VWC as what I, I'll tell people. It's the boxing gym. Everything that you're going to experience at outside, you should experience here first. Like, it, you know, in a boxing gym, your first your first KL should be in the gym. Your first time vomiting during training should be in a gym. <laughs> your first time being, you know, getting hitting your wall and having to push through that plateau should be in a gym. Your first mm-hmm. time should never be in a fight in front of like 5,000 people, right? And I learned that. Like, that's, and that's my, like, logic going into it, right? Like, you know, you, have, you need to learn how you work and you need have every everything needs to happen here first right before you go outside in the real world right because you know i want you to be mentally ready for that stuff right you, you should have your worst interview experience like we've been re, we've been revamping our internet our interviewing team and i'm like i want you guys to intentionally have like three touches and one interview should be like the i want the technical to be the intentionally worst interview of the um of the job, right? Of the, of the interview prep, because it shows how you think under pressure, right? If and on top of thinking, you know, dealing with like hard to work with people, because usually the smartest, most teams, the smartest dude is kind of an asshole, right? Smartest, mm-hmm. uh, d- like everybody's been there. Where the smartest developer is kind of a jerk. It's very rare. Like at Microsoft, I'm super cool. Like the smartest dude on my team is also like the sweetest dude on my team. But I've been on enough teams where the smartest person is like, yo, if it was legal, I like, I'd take, flip your chair from underneath you, man, if I want to get fired. So <laughs> like, <laughs> like I would like, I don't know, put glue in your seat or something. Uh, like, you know, military, horrible practical jokers. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what I, that's what we look at at VWC. Our new, like over the next five years, our process is, like I said, 1.5 dips. We want to make the, we want to do the, create the diamonds because what I've seen with our, like we had these two user personas and my, like two successful troops that were totally different on paper. We had, a, uh, one's Andrew, one Schuster. And Andrew was a hard charger on code. Schuster was a bit super strong on soft skills. And I want to see, like, we use these two as user personas and we keep, you know, them in mind when we're interviewing. Then I'll speak to the businesses. And they're like, no, what we want more is someone closer to you. Someone that has the coding chops. Someone that has the ability to communicate. Someone that has those soft skills. Like, we're okay with someone with balance. We want, we don't want one strong one way or the other and then grow them. We want them as close as like in the middle as possible. Or they had like Schuster and Andrew, they had to be really good on one that, that, that can like also be like, all right. Let's grow you towards the other one. Because now Schuster's super strong engineer. He's been at Amazon. He's been at Eventbrite. The dude, he's doing DevOps work. He's doing front-end DevOps, aka DevOps. He's doing all this stuff. And, you know, Andrew, I feel, I, I joke when people are like, what can we do for Andrew? I'm like, Andrew's like the strongest coder in the, uh, like, VWC. I was like, I think there are board members that he can outcode. And I, <laughs> and I was like, and, you know, and I got Brian Holt and, like, Kyle Shevlin on the board. And I'm like, still think that he would... It, best give them a run for their money because that's like andrew this dude like my goodness andrew was a special forces candidate got out the military turns out he was a d1 athlete in cheerleading coached the test like the runs for olympic cheerleading 
has an Olympic ring. Like, I really? was like, yeah, he showed, you know, we were talking like, because, you know, I was on the Air Force boxing team and I was like, we were showing off, you know, old people, old dudes showing off sports when back in my day, I was, you know, I knew what I could do. And I, I knew it, I was like, I was something back in the day. And we were all showing off like sports stuff. And I was showing up, you know, pictures of me on Roy Jones, pictures of me with Quentin Jackson, like me on at, at Air Force boxing camp. And he just, you know, Throws like shade. There was a picture of him on the Olympic ring and a selection. Uh, and, we and we were like, what a hater. Like, wow, <laughs> say something before you throw something out there like that. Yeah. And like, then, but that dude's a certified rock star. And, and, you know, he's one of the people, he doesn't say anything, he just does the work. And when he does the work, he does it well. And it's scary uh, how well he does it. And Schuster, Schuster has that ability to like jump in and bring his like business intelligence along with you know a level of empathy that most veterans don't have uh into any project while growing and he's he's fearless to a degree right sometimes you're like okay you're taking things on that would scare the normal person or you're probably not thinking all the way through about it but he still wants to do it right like yeah he's like I, I'm really proud of him because he's the veteran that I see myself the most in because he's done, th when he was in Savannah, he did things that other people didn't do, right? Like, so he did, he, he jumped from, learned how to code with us, got his first coding job, then within three months, took his second coding job, then he uh, started teaching a boot camp, then he helped uh, create the first meetup, then he helped uh, create the first, uh, conference there he did all this stuff to like you know pour back into his community and i was like yo that you know that's that's dope right like that's that's what i want to see with my troops i want to see my troops like i'm not gonna sit here and be become a you know just a person that pushes pixels i'm gonna impact the world right so those those are the guy those are the type of guys and girls that we want to create i just did an interview with a person like she has potential to be like super like she has been pretty amazing, right? She just, what she needs is structure and she needs someone to believe in her and someone's going to make her do the work, right? And that's one thing that, you know, we're injecting in VWC that comes from me, right? There is, to be the next me, it's not just coding, right? 30% of what got me here today was coding. The other, uh, uh, the other, the rest of that rounds out to being able to communicate well, being able to write well, being able to put my thoughts out clearly to speak, being able to connect and do have some degree of business intelligence. Like these are the things mm -hmm. that you need to get to this level fast right so that and these are the things we're going to be making them do. They're going to, you know, no, we used to try to, you know, I don't want to be that old Sarge mode, but like, cause I used to be, uh, Schuster talks, he tells the newbies all the time in these stories, like, oh yeah, Jerome be teaching class and if people start making jokes and Jerome just start handing out homework, like left and right, Jerome's like homework, like Sar, like he could find <laughs> homework and anything. He's like, I, <laughs> Schuster tells the story of how I, he didn't know, he never watched Dragon Ball Z and I was just so like WTF, like how did you make it to be a grown man and not watch Dragon Ball Z? And then somebody else was like, oh, 
okay, you talk, you do like pop culture things about Stranger Things, and I never saw that. I'm like, what are you people doing? And they're like, being adults. And I'm like, I'm being adults too, but I still have time for Netflix. So that <laughs> <laughs> that class, it was I never forget because it was on it was on a Thursday night, and they all hated me because I was like, I gave everybody homework based upon shows they didn't see, and I, I told them you got to research it, write about it make a UI about it, uh, inspired from it, and it's due Monday night. And they were like, are you serious? So I'm like, yes, absolutely. Like, get on YouTube, get on Netflix, I don't care. Like, it's Figure due. It yeah, exactly. And he wrote about it. He's like, I guess that's how it is sometimes at the job where they tell you you have to solve a problem. They don't tell you how to solve the problem. They just, you know, they start from the solution and then they work the solution and deliverables and then they work backwards from it. You have to yeah. work backwards from else. Like, welcome to tech, baby. Um, and we're yeah. bringing a lot of that stuff back, right? And I think that's the thing that I'm, like, most excited for. We have, like, VWC right now. Uh, we're talking a lot about it. Tomorrow, we, uh, we're debuting our partnerships team. We're debuting our um, – uh, we're talking about our uh, – what is this called? I see I'm brain farting because this is all, like, new stuff. Uh, talking about contracting uh, protocols that we're putting in place because we're going to start um, building a unit out for federal contracting. Uh, we're talking about our new uh, community leads. We're talking about our interviewing process. We're doing everything like what BWC is becoming is it's going to be the first place that feels like a tech job for you, for you to get in. Right. Uh, you know, our three interview protocols for mentors and new devs, how we're going to be, you know, creating touches with even our content. Uh, our educational content is changing because we've been looking at how to use more like automation tools. Like we're developing v, uh, VWC dash CLI for the troops, right? So they come in and NPM install it and they just run the CLI and we go from there. And then, you know, we have our protocols procedures based upon that while also keeping the thing that I enjoy the most about the veterans, which is letting them touch things live because veterans are different, you know, people to teach. Like you can't, have a person who you know spent their youth and doing on the job training and you know getting that type of thrill like we get educational thrill right like our ideals and practices of learning is literally connected to fight or flight like that's what the military does that's how you end up making a culture of you know elite combat forces so quickly Right. You know, you think yeah. about it like on average time, it takes, you know, it takes Marines three, what, 12 weeks to make uh, a Marine. Right. Mm -hmm. How do they do that? They attach, they, they blend training with the most basic level of fight or flight. Right. So with that's and that's on some level how every services does it. So what we have to do with veterans is you have to connect training with, you know, fight or flight, which like, yo, if you mess this up, you may cost me a thousand dollars. I do. You do not want to be the person that comes to VWC and does something on AWS. It costs me a thousand dollars. So <laughs> don't mess this up. So like, they like when they hear that, they're like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be on the wall. Like I don't want to be on the wall of fame. I want to be on the wall of fame, not on the wall of shame. Even though I do have right. some, I have some. They're like, as long as I'm on the wall, I don't care. <laughs> so, and I, those, you're scary. I like you. You, you yeah. look crazy. But yeah, that's do you write like, like, uh, like it's the military then? Because I mean, you, you speak of it in like troops. You say you got a unit. You know, you're well, using this this I terminology that, that you would have like in the military. Do you treat it like like it's no, still military? I treat it like. I treat it like a blend of, you know, Silicon Valley tech, 
remote tech now. I treat it like how if I was automatic in the Air Force and like with the same like lingo of the military and organizational structure of an open source project. It's a blend of a remote first company, uh, the military and, you know, just, you know, open source because we live on GitHub and we're very much open source friendly. Um, that's how I that's, that's how I view it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when we're, when we're debuting our roadmap and knocking that out, I want to have that public so people know, hey, yo. This quarter, this is what the cohorts are working on. Like we have a um, one of the things that we're attached to a cohort starting twenty twenty two is guess what? These are while you're learning, you can start reading these doc this documentation, right? Because every project, uh, your capstones are all going to be focused around this uh, technology and you know integrating these, this technology into Vesco code. There you go. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have those like experts from those companies coming in and doing like talks and stuff to the veterans right like we have some people already lined up with twilio when we do our we think when we drop our i'm not like spoiler alert in the next couple of months we're doing the mock-ups and stuff and dropping the ios app for a game so for next uh Mm -hmm. veterans day you know our goal is to have this game out there that you know helps us raise funds and stuff like that uh that's based on like i have this mock-up of horseshoes and hand grenades right so like with the vwc colors and people just flicking trying to like get the you know blow stuff up with grenades as fast as possible but we're gonna have the apple team uh, apple DevRels, and the coming they're gonna be coming through right i have a friend she's one of the like fast she's one of the best DevRels in the game she's gonna be talking to my veterans about it and holding camps and things like that with them so they can, you know, learn. And I think that's the thing that I want to be with Vetsuko. I want you to come to me to learn how to do the thing from the best of the best. And I want to flatten that curve because, right, it took me seven years to get to um, Fangam, right? I enjoy, I am proud of the fact that it took Schuster three, right? That's what it's supposed to be, right? If it took me seven, you got you to be doing it in half, uh, doing it half that time. I tell all my veterans that. I'm like, if it took me this time, you got to do it in half. Like, it is what it is. Like, that's just part of the, you know, contract that you come with me. Like, or I'm going to be up your ass. Like, it's just, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I, you know, this is the life that you chose. Like, you should have, like, listened to, listened to a podcast or something. Like, that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> I was like, they, they, they scrub the stuff out of the blogs <laughs> from uh, the veterans in my from us to make us cleaner and not scare people away. But on podcasts, again, was tend to let us uh, talk a little more freely. So next time, let's do a podcast. Uh, uh, actually, with Hacker Rank, we had our first censorship with one of my veteran who was head of mentorship, Eddie. <laughs> I don't even know what he said to this person, the editor that was in his story when they were asking him questions. But all I know is that they like took half of his like his interview and like cut it in half. Is that like, right? Yeah. I was like, you know what? In retrospect, sending a Marine to go talk to tech people probably was a bad idea. Like sending a tanker and a Marine probably was a bad, double bad idea. So like, <laughs> like any tanker, they, they had a potty mouth, a Marine on top of it. Like uh, two days before, I mean, two, two days before the Marine's birthday when the world was all open was, you know, Leadership yeah. force, like leadership hindsight, that was a pretty bad idea. Like coming from me, I'm like, oh, you know what? Should have saw it. <laughs> but uh, that's you know, that's the crazy thing, right? Like I have to also do this balance of how the real world is out there and perceived veterans, and how 
and what I allow them to be, how how veteran I allow I like you can be in here. Some like mentor, some of the mentors are civilians. Some of the men, you know, we have women in here. Like this has to be an inclusive place first. Like you can't be out here going all the way that direction. You can't be out here doing like being the worst of the worst either. Like I don't mm -hmm. want people thinking that, you know, we were like on some January 6th like in here like i need you to be quiet like, so it's like okay we have to you know you have to there's balance you can't you know say some of the things just like in the real world things you say have consequences and i try to teach right. you know like i said it's that it's a crazy balance of subcultures right because the culture is american but i'm trying to balance multiple subcultures at every time, be it being African American, uh, being veteran, being like having dealing with uh, having people who want to be comfortable, be safe, who are LGBTQIA, like I, I'm, those are all of the, you know, there's all the subcultures that I'm trying to, you know, ensure it feel safe, right? Because that's what I tell people, right? Our first, like, veteran is a subculture. You're American first. So don't lean into the veteranism, lean the fact that you're American and you're trying to take the things you learn from subculture and apply them to make America better. Right. That's yeah. what this is about. Uh, we people know that we can work hard. People know that, you know, we're disciplined. What we want to show them is that we are force multipliers. Right. You hire a DWC troop. You're going to get a force multiplier of one point five of whatever stage in their career they are. Right. Uh, entry level, junior level dev. That person might as well have one and a half years of experience compared to your entry level, junior level dev over here, because that's our goal, right? That's the intent. That's I want to, you know, if you get a coin for me, that's what you are, right? As I tell them all the time, like I don't hand out coins. Like I have, a, I have a stack of coins. I don't hand them out like you know, easily. Like it takes, it takes a miracle. Like to get a mm. coin, we have our, um, and it's going to take an even bigger miracle for our new award. That's one reason I keep checking like the door and stuff. I'm like, we have an award uh, called our Excelsior Award, right? Because the uh, how BWC is built, the ideal behind what a veteran that transitions back to America should be, in my mind, is more Marvel, less grunt style. Right. Like when we think about veterans, we tend to always leave out the big three. You know, Jack Kirby was a veteran, uh, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko. All three of these guys are veterans and they gave us Captain America. They gave us uh, they gave us Guardians of the Galaxy. They gave us all these people. Bob Ross, you know, like the, he was a veteran. Right. So I think about, you know, we should be amplifiers of the best parts of what America is. So that way, you know, like, what do we have to give? So we have this new award, Championship Belt, <laughs> that's going to have their names on it and stuff, called the Excelsior Award. And it's about, you know, Stanley used to always say Excelsior. And what that meant was like, you know, be the best, be the brightest, right? That's what he was trying to tell people. Excelsior, you know, be the best, be the brightest, go forward. And I just, that's what I want VWC troops to be. Right. I want you to see this award. I want you to aspire to be a force multiplier and be the change you want to see in the world. And the dude, like I'll tell you, because uh, this is going out tomorrow. So when people hear this, like they're like, oh, snap, this person won it. Uh, the, the person that won it, his name is uh, Nathan B. Hanks. He's a army veteran that he came back home with post-traumatic stress. How he dealt his post-traumatic stress, this dude hiked the Appalachian Trail, like you know, the whole like all those mountains stuff. Me. 
the minute I got out my boots, I stopped hiking. I was like, I'm <laughs> not, no, no more rug marches for me, homie. Not ever. No. Uh, he, he then came back home. He learned how to code. He wanted to learn how to code to like change his, like to get a better jobs. Uh, but he also wanted to learn how to code to be able to create his own nonprofit. So he came in, learned how to code, built his own nonprofit, a nonprofit focused on writing. Oh, he's a best time seller too. The dude wrote a book about his experience of dealing with his PTSD while right. hiking. Yes. And like, I'll send you the link once, like, once we get off. Um, what's, the, what's the title of the book? I mean, let me check that out right now. Books right here. They have it. Waking Up on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, 70, yes. On, uh, yeah. 78 uh, global ratings, 4.4 out of 5 on uh amazon right now but it's, hard. Mm -hmm. it's definitely a book right yeah he's like he wrote a book about it and then he um yeah he returned home was touring iraq and able to answer his most basic question determined to find clarity and force a new identity outside the u.s army nate alongside his brother ben a recent college grad delayed his entry to the great recession job market set out a hike the entire length of the appalachian trail that's why so he did that. Miles, man. Wow. Yeah, I'm not doing that. That's like, not even. That's not even like flat. That's up and down. Yes, that's Elevation. terrain for sure. I lived yeah. in Pennsylvania, so I'm originally from Pennsylvania. I live in Texas now, and so I know the Appalachian Trail is not flat. No, nah, like, called the Appalachian I, Mountains for a reason. Every time I think about it, I just I just start rubbing my knees. I'm like, no, I can't be yeah. out here in these streets like that, homie. I wanna, uh, so did he have a ruck on? Do you know much about the story then? Did he have a rucksack on? Yeah, he's had a rug. Like he says, unbridled weather, brutal terrain, strained wow. health, fractured mind, you know, all this stuff. To, and, you know, I bet you that's was, probably the most free he's been in his whole life, though. Despite the PTSD, I can imagine, you know, that's a, a time, that's it's, a struggle for him. But, you know, that's, that's the time when you're free, man, when you're in the elements on your own. This is an opt-in. This isn't like I'm stranded. This is like I wanted to do it on purpose. Probably planned for months or not. You know, you never know who, who the – at least a <laughs> you know day. That, you know, if he's a thinker or a psycho, right? But, well, yeah. I, mean, I just imagine like what a free – reminds me I, of that I, movie with Reese, uh, Reese Witherstone, uh, Witherspoon. She – it was a Pacific Northwest thing where it's common to hike this particular trail. And she did it as a journey. It it reminds me of that story. That was saying it's his crucible, right? Yeah. That's the that is what he it was. It was his crucible for clarity to get to the next level. That's right. He's a, I, he was a marine, right? You said he's yeah, a marine. No, he's U.S. Army. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. So, crucible is a, a marine thing, right? Yeah, I think so, but I just use the term crucible as like you know, it's your thing that you have to go through, mm -hmm. right, to get to the other end of being a better person, right? My crucible was a great recession, right? I. Gotcha. I don't know who I would be if it wasn't a great recession. That's who COVID exists, that's for sure. People probably wouldn't even look at veterans for coding if it was a great recession because so many of us was looking for a different way to, you know, get – I'm sorry, my dog is losing my – so the belt's probably here. I got a pup uh, too, so that happens every once in a while. Yeah, Mine's so – a little pup though, not a big dog. That sounds like a big dog. I have – 200 pounds for the dog. I have a 60 pound Akita and a 100 pound uh, Great Pyrenees and like a 30 pound of mm. uh, uh, Terrier. Like these are like my dog, my smallest dog is like 30 pounds. Like I got a 25 pound mini doodle. I used to have, <laughs> however, I used to have a 100 pound um, uh, Rhodesian Ridgeback. Oh man. That's and I dog. got this new dog. Uh, it was a, 
my wife and kids wanted the dog. I did not want a new animal in the house. I'm a lover. You know, you come to my house, I'm going to love you. Your family, even if you're an animal, I mean, obviously, right? I mean, a lot of people love their animals, but I, I'm going to love you. And I love my last dog so much. I didn't want to open my heart back up to a new animal. You know, so my heart was still closed off to like a new animal being in the house, all that good stuff. And so Toby was his name. He's a phenomenal dog. I missed him so much. And uh, so getting Rex, our new dog. So our little mini doodle is named Rex, short for T-Rex. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we got uh, kids, so dinosaurs are a big thing around here. So T-Rex is one of the most iconic dinosaurs. So we called him Rex, but he's 28 pounds. It's not, not our, a big dog. Our dog's name is Ty. Our smallest dog is Ty uh, for Tyrion Lannister. Like his real name is Tyrion Lannister Hardaway. Nice. Okay. <laughs> and then we have Amadeus, uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Hardaway. And then my wife, she always wanted a Great Pyrenees. And we just had this Great Pyrenees. And we just like, you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm tired of fancy names. Just call him Fletcher. Move on with it. <laughs> I get tired of these names. But yeah, but Nate, he's winning it. Uh, he ended up, he learned how to do React. He created his nonprofit using React and service technologies. Then he taught himself .NET, ended up getting his first tech job as .NET at his current job. He was like, look, y'all, I really love working for y'all, but I want to be in a code. So I'm just letting you know my intent that I'm probably going to move on from this position for a software engineering position. And mm. they were like, we don't want to lose you because you're such a great person. You know what? Let's talk about this. Let's see what you can. Let's see what you can do. And they ended, like he sent me a, a note, and he was like, "By the time you get this, uh, I'll be in my first week as a software engineer." And I was like, "Oh my!" Because like he did it right when um, he got it right when I went, right when the, our baby was due. So I was literally running back and forth from the hospital, and I had a, a note uh, with some stickers in my mailbox, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like this is the best part of my day right now. So yeah. like that. You know, for me, like, that's amazing because all the negative stereotypes we have as veterans, to see a person put, you know, boot to ass in his community to the point where his job doesn't want to lose him. They make, you know, they look at him for another something that's more of his passion so they can have him. Hey, that speaks volumes, right? That's yeah. what I, that's what, uh, you know, that's what Stan Lee and Steve Ditko and Bob Ross, they did it for, right? That's why they did their things for, right? Like you look at, you know, Bob Ross, he went to Alaska, he saw the mountains, started painting. I was like, yo, I'm done with this yelling at people thing, right? You know. And he was Stan such a Lee. calm, spirited person too. Yeah, but he was a drill instructor. That's what they don't tell you. Is that right? <laughs> yes, he was a drill instructor at one point. Like, so. I didn't know, know his military. I watched the Netflix thing on him recently, but I don't know a he ton about Force. Bob Ross's actual past. His, I didn't even know he was in the military. Yeah, he was Air Force. Last base was Elmendorf. He was a tech sergeant at Elmendorf. Saw the mountains. And he was like, peace out. Uh, I'm, I'm going to draw these the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, stay, I think Steve, Dick, uh, Steve Ditko was a Coast Guard. Uh, Stan Lee was U.S. Army. You have uh, Jack Kirby, who was also U.S. Army. Uh, these, you know, these world creators, these people who, you know, they were, they were multipliers. They showed a different side of us as veterans, as veteran culture that, you know, isn't the thing that puts dollars on a lot of people's plates unless you're the anomaly, right? And they showed, you know, they showed this other side of us in the world, and especially in tech, right, where I don't feel like we need to be trying to push this, you know, grunt style, black rifle coffee, like, look 
with veterans in tech and because they don't get mm. they don't they don't even think about uh those guys being uh like stan you know stanley bob ross steve ditko jack kirby being uh veterans they don't even know that veterans have already influenced so much of their life, right? You know, the only veteran that they think about really is like Chuck Norris, right? Because of all the jokes, right? So he's right. Air Force, Security Forces, uh, Defense Fortress in this uh, in these streets, right? Uh, <laughs> but that's and that's where so that's where this award comes from, and that's why I'm so happy to give it to Nathan because I'm like Excelsior, yeah, like that's what I you know that that's part of my legacy, right? I want to be the person that brings the veterans that are the true force multipliers of our society and give them the fire of code and give them every opportunity and experience I can. And, you know, I, if you go to a podcast on the Hash Flag Nation podcast that uh, Nathan and I did, and I told him the story on when I started Vets Who Code, how uh, as a nonprofit, I had a another nonprofit director who knew my work, knew my heart, knew my desires to like help people try to bury me because all he saw was that if you get into this bucket, that's less money for my nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And that had impacted me so much in my youth that when Nathan, when he um, started his nonprofit, I reached out. I asked him if he needed help with anything. I was the first person to make donation dollars. I, you know, put him on the podcast, make sure people heard about his nonprofit. I was the person tweeting about his nonprofit. Even Veterans Day, I'll be talking about his nonprofit because he te- he gives he uh, has stipends to help veteran writers, uh, storytellers, like, you know, he pay- essentially pays for their rent as they finish their books and stuff, right? And he takes care of food, rent everything and i'm yeah. like that you know you know that's amazing he was like inspired by another excelsior veteran uh, adam driver right he's a dude that was in star wars right we don't think no one looks at he's adam marine. driver yeah, yeah people don't look at adam driver and see marines like that's no, what i love that uh, that ted talk he gave and i was so thankful he did that because i wouldn't i mean you pay attention to an actor but i i mean once i learned about his story and that's something what, what's interesting about i think humanity at large is like I uh, I reshaped who I thought Adam Driver was as a person based upon his story. Exactly. And I mean, you you can like prejudge or assume certain things about a person, but then you like you learn about their struggle, and you learn about the commitment he had to his unit and how he didn't want to leave them, and and how that led him to L.A. and turning into an actor reluctantly in some cases. Really, like you know, I think that's really yeah. an interesting path. And you know, I just uh, I gain a lot of respect for Adam Driver. After yeah. hearing that, what other Marine? There's another Marine that is a, I call him an, an Excelsior veteran as well, but he does Terminal Lance. You know that? You remember uh, Terminal Lance? Oh, man, I like Terminal Lance. Terminal Lance. Uh, he's the one that coined E4 Mafia, man. Like, I love the dude. Like, what, I can't remember his name. I'm brain farting his name, but Terminal Lance uh, creator is like my, like, he was like my hero. Uh, Maximilian, uh, Lance Corporal, Maximilian, uh, I want to say Uarte, but I might have messed that up. But he created Mac, uh, Terminal Lance, and it's just a comic about like Marines and the behind the scenes Marines. He's like a real like author and comic now. Uh, he's like world famous, but he, you know, he was Marine Corps vet and he was just like, 
I just want to show the other side of like being yeah. you know, a Marine and like instead of this hardcore stuff, let's talk about mandatory fun days, man. Like, you know, because <laughs> we want to do like Mexico want to do a retreat and we, people are like, what should we do? I was like, well, I don't want to do any of that crazy whole stuff. Like, what do we do to keep it veteran? We keep it normal. They were like, let's have a mandatory fun day. And I was like, that sounds Perfect. It's right up my alley. Like have a yeah. mentor fun day and we just do like we, we 2022, we come out, help mentor a fun day, get everybody in one city. And every year we pick a different city and have a mandatory fun day. Like that would be like the whole vibe of, you know, not talking about tech or anything. Just, I don't know, a bunch of veterans like celebrating the idea that, oh, you know, we're here to make the world a better place for those who didn't come um, back home for, uh, with us and we're going to come in here we're going to push these pixels and we're going to kick ass right like yeah. that's you know that's what I want it to be so like that's another thing that we're working on like we're doing like I said we're working on a lot of things for the next like you're day. busy man y'all are busy uh, we yes I we are <laughs> like absolutely I think people don't understand how busy I am because I'm doing this like the first five years of Mexico first seven years of Mexico was great right we got media and everything else but now over the next course of the next five years, I want to be uh, the creator, right? The distributor. I want to be able to come to people like you and be like, yo, here's what we've been talking about our podcast. Here's what we've been doing on our code basis. Here's what we've been doing. This is how we use AWS. This is how we use Netlify. This is how we use everything, all this stuff. And you're like, wow, like you all are like, you're creating an entire ecosystem, right? Like our, yep. Well, uh, championship belts here, definitely. Uh, <laughs> but like that is, you know, that's what we want to do, right? That's what I want to do, right? Yeah. I want to make, I want to be, you know, like Jack Kirby, a world creator, right? So. so, you work at Microsoft, though, right? Yeah, and they're super supportive of the work I do. Like uh, my, he, my manager, you put in like. 60 hours a week, 80 hours a week, 40 hours a week. 40 you know, hours. Like, they they believe in work-life balance, one. And two, like... I mean, like, at large. Work for you at large. Not, not like, for them, oh, for, for you. Oh, for, for me, VWC. Like for VWC, myself, uh, like I'm doing, I do contract work. I help nonprofits, like, modernize their stuff. I've actually been working with youth villages. To, you know, they, they just got a new website. I helped them get a new hire. I've taught the new hire some serverless things, like, and getting to the next level with, with like, serverless technologies. So... But uh, between contract work of helping nonprofits get into the 21st century, uh, my nonprofit work and Microsoft, I think I'm pushing 75, 80 hour work days. And, you know, then I do um, then I make sure I have time for family. But yeah, I think 75, 80 hours. I'm just adding days. up how much you do and how much time is available to it. I'm just thinking like, wow, that's it's a lot. But of it's about plate. it's about chunking, right? Like mm -hmm. I think people have this idea when it comes to productivity of staying in one thing, focus on that one thing, you know, they're doing potorama and things like this. But I'm like, no, you think that you do the task and then you, you know, you chunk it. Like for instance, when I do my personal planning meeting, I know which task from which like I have Obsidian, Notion, and I have a Kanban board on GitHub, right? So when I'm in my planning meeting, I'm on Obsidian, I'm doing this mind map of like, I have these three giant folders, one for Vesco code, one for contract stuff, one for, well, no, four, sorry, one for family and one for Microsoft. And I look at every task that I have coming up and what task uh, makes the most sense to um, like connect 
regardless like it's not for like the company it's for like how the brain works like mm -hmm. you know documentation reading and study goes great with email so use email to warm up the brain to you know then jump to documentation and learning right because now you know i've already been writing all this other stuff then i can do that and jump straight into some code and i know my code is gonna be more productive because i've been learning right then I, you know i you know i check my energy levels throughout the day and i'm like okay so i know when my i know you know your your body's weird actually you have to have like a certain when you're in a learning phase it, it helps to have a certain level of like calmness and like being tired while being up to like really make things stick right because you have to focus whereas you know with me with code i am literally like hardcore hip-hop in the ears like i my wife doesn't even let me play it because she's like dude like it sounds like a, you know you're either doing drugs or you're in a club in here like either way you need putting headphones on uh, yeah. <laughs> so protect like the ears. yes uh, protect her ears not okay mine. somebody's like, ears yeah. at least yeah military already got my hearing right i'm already like i mean protecting yeah I, I figured you're hearing too i meant like protecting uh yeah, from the from the from the uh, the lyrics is what I mean. Yeah, so doing that, uh, you know, just that's how I do things, and like I think my espresso machine is my best friend, right? I go downstairs, especially when I feel overwhelmed. I go downstairs, do that process of making espresso, and. Then I, while I'm working on that, waiting on everything, I'm writing my moleskin, seeing like, all right, nice. what do I need to work? Like, I'm very much about. You know, and I'm a big fan of minimization of tools, right? People, you, you've heard um, about the notion of Obsidian and GitHub, but and the Moleskin. But once I get past that, that's it, right? Those are the only tools I use. Like yeah. when people talk about all their like, you know, plugins. So like, I use Terminal, Visual Studio Code, Chrome. That's it, right? That's yeah. If I have to work on anything, that's it. Uh, VS Visual Studio Code gets so much, gets better every day. So I, I can, you can now do Jupyter Notebooks in there. You can draw in there now. So I use literally, I use Visual Studio Code for everything. And just like whether I'm doing DevOps stuff, uh, GitHub, I'm on GitHub, GitHub Actions. I use, I'm doing Terraform stuff. I'm in there. I have GitHub Copilot as a plugin. Like I am in there focusing on uh, using as few tools as possible so I can maximize my time, you know, from subject to subject, right? And simple. Yes, and voice. That's one thing that I found that people are really not there yet. It's like we have a lot of talk to uh, talk to text technologies. So I'll like, my for instance, my newsletter that was sent out today, I spoke it, the iPhone wrote it in notes. Now I'm going to take that. Put it in Grammarly. Make sure it's not. It doesn't sound like a country kid from Tennessee wrote it. <laughs> Clean it up. Send it to the designer. Tell the designer do what you need to do with it. Right and like move on from that. That's like that's my life. Right. That's it. Man. So like that's how I do it. Right. That's the that's the whole science. That is all about. And that's a super like. That's another life hack that I have. Um, one thing is like I am people think I'm busy. I'm optimized. I'm busy on the things that I focus on. But 80% of my time, well, not 80, I'll say 20% of my time I spend finding people who are more on fire for certain things that I have taught or trained than myself. Right. Like and giving them that agency to run with it. Right. That because that's the that's the secret of a great leader. Right. I, I you know, one thing I try to tell my troops with that code is. I'm already fangam. Everybody already knows my name. I don't need that suit code, 
my job at Vetsuko is to teach you how to leverage Vetsuko to get everything you need to get out of it, right? That's mm-hmm. my job. I need to make sure you know how to leverage every tool, resource, and person in Vetsuko to get your career where you want to be faster than I got my career on me. Like, because I'm at Apex, literally only jobs out there for me to go to is other big tech jobs. Like, it's, that's not even my desire. I love Microsoft. Like, it's, you know, this, I'm a workaholic and this is where work happens, right? Mm-hmm. So I tell them. What's this term you use? You said fang out? Fangem. So what does this mean? Well, I guess Mangam now, right? So you have Meta, aka formerly Facebook, right? And you have Apple. Then, right. Okay. I thought uh, it was this. I was making yeah, sure if it was like, yeah. okay. So like it's Fang, F A A N G, then M. But now I guess Fang it's M. Mang, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. And so what's the terminology then? So you say you're Fang M out. Yeah, I'm fanging out. Yeah, I'm fanging him out, right? I'm already okay, gotcha. there. Like, you got, I, you've arrived. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. I'm there. Okay. Right now, it's only up in these industries, up in these companies. Mm-hmm. So you now have to do, do uh, leverage Vetsuko to do that, right? That's your goal. That's your entire mission. If you need training, talk to me. If you need me to connect you with a high-level mentor, speak to me. If you need me to connect you to the right, like, if you have a passion that I may not be the best person about, can touch me. I can introduce you. I'm like, I'm connected with in every part of the industry, right? I, I can hit connect you with people in, in uh, infrastructure and SRE, even though I don't do anything with SRE. I can hit you up with you know, people that are making low-level build tools. Uh, I know a guy with a PhD in Egypt with who focuses on garbage collection. So I'm like, that I can do, I can do it all. Right. I can I can do it. I do what I do well. And if I don't do well, I know who to connect you to. So talk to me about what you want to where you want to do, what you want to go. Like and that's that's my life's work. Right. Like I said, that's my legacy. I want to be the dude that, you know, like I said, I want the hash flag coin to be worth, you know, on average, eighty five thousand dollars to a recruiter. Right. I know when that I know when that I know when that HR that recruiter see that oh no, that's a that's an eighty five thousand dollar troop there minimal. That person right there is worth eighty five thousand dollars because he has a hash flag coin. She has a hash flag coin. That's my life's work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the like, you know, the average salary of entry level is uh what I think is I was sitting anywhere in a national average, like from 49 to 94. I want that to be like the number to be like 85, right? So they know that, you know, I need to start at 85 and probably go up some because I know that this person is going to come into my industry and come to our job and they're going to bring it. That's like, that's my life's work, right? That's yeah. what when I, when I'm done with Vetsu Code, I want people to be able to say that. Like, no, Jerome, his people, they come in here and, you know, they they crush it. So get like, it. yeah, that, that's high speed, that's what I do. right? High speed, low drag, <laughs> high speed, low drag. Remember those? Oh that's man, that's right. I was only I only, said that a long day. I only <laughs> got the, the high speed part. You know, I got the low drag too, but I would only get the high speed part because that's that's what I was. I was always high speed. So uh, no, spit so, shine, uh, high speed. You know, um, they don't shine boots anymore. They don't iron. No, what? No, they shine boots. They don't. Have, oh, I mean, well, if you. It kind of makes sense. Like the shiny boots don't really do well in a desert environment, and you know. Well, you just, you're always on base, though. I mean, it's yeah. it's not about the shiny though. So I don't know what the, the thing about for the cost is. though, right? Like, so now you got to have a pair of shiny boots. It's about honor, man. It's about honor yeah. the uniform, man. But the, for me, yes, for us, like right. But that's a, you know, 
also if you're in combat, you don't need to sh- you don't need to shine your boots in combat for sure. All if right, you're deployed, so don't even think about it. Think about government, right? So we're in a situation where now every you know back in my day, you had to have DCs and BDUs, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have to like the you know taxpayers taxpayers are giving you stipends and money to spend like for you know twice the amount of uniforms just to be prepared for when you go to the desert or you know. Versus now, where you got the ABUs or ACUs, you're you know you're combat ready no matter where you are. The suede boots, combat ready wherever. You know, you know this stuff go works I guess well. So, yeah. yeah, you know you think about same way with you know tech, right? Uh, the number one job of a technologist so are they pressing is, uniforms? Are they not pressing? Oh uniforms? no, no, they're not doing that either. But what? The, the, the uniforms are wrinkle free. You gotta be right? kidding me! They're not pressing uniforms. I mean, they're still cutting their hair and stuff, right? Okay, Even though they good. they are changing, maybe they still change regs. Yeah, oh, they're push-ups? They're, the uh, army has changed PT to the point where like it's closer to like strength and strength and explosiveness, which yeah. is which makes sense because if you've been I'm throwing a little bit of shade because things change. I'm just throwing a little bit of shade because things <laughs> yes. change. But you know, I'm oh, so no. disconnected from that change. Like I don't pay attention to the that, I, the, that rule the, books, and I'm just a little surprised by a couple of them. So I threw a little. Yeah, bit you of shade wake up and you're like, like, yeah, Navy allows them to have beard now. What? Uh, yes, that's that's Gosh, the part, man, right? Put a mold on them too. Uh, yeah, so you can have a <laughs> beard as long as it, it has to be. Uh, it cannot be crazy designed, or and it has to be like it has to be natural, right? It has to. It still has to be low the cut. Was to be able to put the gas mask on, right? That like, tr- so comes you can to find out that that's been untrue the entire time. <laughs> no way. You can't yes, get a seal without that. Yes, it's been a lie. Liars, man. Liars. Man, my boy's being turned upside down right the now. Ge- the Come generals on, lie to us. The generals lie to us. You can <laughs> absolutely get a seal on a gas mask with a, with a, with a like, with like the five o'clock beard. Like, you can't go out here, like, with the operator beard and then put on a gas mask. Like, no, that ain't gonna work. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah, something nice, clean, you can do it. Like, um, gotcha. Women, they're allowing to like have their hair a little longer, and they like added a bunch of new hairstyles, like that protective never made hairstyles. Sense to me with women's haircuts in the military, like the length and stuff like that. Like, I can see having a a consistency, a uniform. Right, that's the whole point of uni and uniform is it's one way. It's it's a way to do things, and it's consistency for the the attire. But you know, I don't know, man. That's what happens when dudes are making the rules about shit they don't understand. So like, they're like, yeah, let the girls, um, they're letting the women, you know, cut the, you know, having a lot of protective styles. Like, I didn't even know what a protective style was until I like got seriously dating and stuff. So I was like, oh, you know, people don't think about like braids is a super protective style for women, right? Like they don't have to do a lot with it. It, it protects their hair from like breaking and some of that. Like hence, like, and then it gets out the way. So you know, they don't have to wear like. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember how horrible helmets were back in the Kevlar's were back in the day. Like yeah. if you put on the Kevlar, you had to wear a beanie underneath your Kevlar because that, that. Like I remember being in Never. South Korea. I just put that thing on. See, you're better one than me. I remember being in like Kunsan. We had like mm. these Vietnam era <laughs> Kevlar's. Well, I was gonna, I was it like, was. Kinda, I don't know if it was Vietnam era. It's definitely old, but yeah, uh, thing was it just old. had like a little mesh in the top, like a little a big thick. Banded mesh. No, I correctly. My first Kevlar was uh, like my first Kevlar. Was like it seems some. Shit. 
So <laughs> I did not trust that Kevlar. I was like, oh no, yeah. like this is not like why am I getting like I thought we were Air Force. Why am I getting uh this uh Walmart Air Kevlar? Force. Like I'm not I'm not about this life. Like someone needs to give me some new equipment like now. But <laughs> <laughs> like who do I talk so to? Where's the manager? Changed, basically. Things have yes, changed. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And I think right. well because they're looking at it. Can't from, believe they're not pressing their uniforms. That's a that's a real bummer. I mean, when, when you're getting shot at, do you really care about the, the greases? You know, so. Uh, no. You know. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You're right. So you're right. So the tacticality of it, I understand that, right? But, and maybe this is why I have, uh, uh, why I'm so surprised and emotionally attached to it is because whenever I was in, uh, it's it's part of my leadership journey. It was my first time I was given leadership was in the military. And whenever I share any story with, with people today, like when I share who I am now today as a leader, my beginning began whenever my drill sergeant, whenever I was in uh, in my MOS, learning my, my MOS, I was a bad, I wouldn't say I was the best soldier, let's just say. I was in the third rank, somewhere in the middle, trying to hide, wasn't trying to excel, wasn't that into it, was kind of homesick, was kind of friend sick. And the drill sergeant says to Koviak, first squad leader. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that was going to do to me. All I knew now was I was in a position of leadership because I wasn't the platoon leader. I was first squad leader, which means I'm second in command. I'm called to do more action. And that was somebody, they sponsored me, essentially, into leadership. And uh, at the time, at least culturally, it was about spit shine boots, pressure uniform, learn, you know, Uniform Code of Military Justice, learn all the different things about, you know, uh, military history and just different things like that. Like you took it more seriously. And I, and so I did that stuff. And, you know, one of the ways I showed off my, I suppose, pride in the uniform and respect for what it was to be a soldier and what it meant to be in the military, what it meant to have that honor was to take care of the uniform, to honor the uniform. And so that's why I think I have this that disconnect. I totally agree. If you're in combat, don't press uniform. So you're thinking, all right. So you're thinking of it's the, about honoring the, the nostalgia. The, the, the that's not what you. Or that's not what you learned. You're thinking about nostalgia of the action and how it made you feel. But what they instilled with you with that was taking care of your work, right? Mm -hmm. Caring yeah. about your craft, right? Like, all right, let's look at let's look at everything you said about the uniform. And let's look at your processes that comes to with a podcast. I, I guarantee you, if you look at your processes when it comes to getting podcasts out to take care of the uniform, there are some one-to-one -one correlations to how that knowledge transferred from that to this, right? Totally. So let's think about it. How, how will we do it? How do they do it now, right? Instead of take care of um, the uniform, they focus on the SLPs. They focus on the training. They focus on, you know what? We have to make this thing clear we have to take care of the things that matter so that people you know can't have pride can have pride in, in knowing their job right because that's what's most important now today right i you know i I got. I grew up in the BDUs, like you know, with security forces. You had to have. It, they used to have razor sharp creases. Right. It was ridiculous. Your, your, uh, yeah, sleeves. yeah, yeah. Sleeves. Like you could cut a person with those. Like uh, I know every. I know every trick to get like make your uniform like damn near stand up, right? Like stay flow. I, I'm that dude that was turning the uniform inside out, dousing it in stay flow, turning it in right side in, and then letting it stay overnight until it, you could like. 
crisp, like crack it and stuff, then ironing it, right? I know you, you know, using shining your boots and then turn around and like using a lighter on your boots to get the the uh, uh, the polish right into the pores and then make sure you use cold water after you touch the heat to get that super shine super fast right see yeah. i've been there i was there but i can agree that's a waste of time i can yes, agree it's a waste is, of time that's a okay. waste of time right I agree. when it's you're busy, thinking about busy work yes i need my troops to be mentally sound and well rested but now he just right. spent an hour and a half on boots and stuff but he could have been you know coming off better combatant or going to the gym and being better on his PD scores or studying, right? That's an hour ahead or, you know, doing okay. something in mental health, right? I'm, so, I'm folding. I'm folding. I'm, I'm yeah. getting down with this. Okay. And you have to think give about the, the new the military. Boots and I don't want to, I don't want to have to iron my uniform anymore. Okay? <laughs> there you, you go. There you go. You have to think of it. And then like, it's all about right now. A lot of people aren't noticing, but a lot of the changes are more about transition and recruitment than the military lifestyle, right? Because these kids, these new kids, they are not stupid, right? They have YouTube, they have Instagram, they got TikTok, and these veterans are getting on TikTok, these active duty troops are getting on these social media, and they're telling their stories without uh, the military interfering, right? So we, they're creating this, you know, they're creating these changes because what's the number one? The number one uh, deterrent before, I would say, 20... 15, 2016, again in the military, it was obesity. Around 2016, 2017, it became soldier suicide because it became such a big thing. And people were like, okay, do I really want to serve my country to come out with some issues and not get the proper support for mental health? All right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this is about, you know, they look at, now they look at the, the services and they want to make, they want to get the services. Like they want to make it separate, but they also want the being able to transition smoothly. Very important. Right. And so we have to keep, you know, we have to keep the things that makes us, you know, a fighting force there. But if the things that don't make us fighting force there and we can fill it with something that can make a healthier air force or a healthier army or, you know, healthier space force or the fuck that looks like uh, there, <laughs> then <laughs> let's implement that. Like, I'm sorry, Space Force people, if any of y'all hear that, I'm still like, y'all, I don't know what you do. Like, <laughs> I hear about, you know, they get on, you know, the marketing team brings up GPS and I'm like, but we had GPS my whole life. I don't understand it. So <laughs> I'm just kind of shrugging. Like, why are you here, bro? Like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> my military was not, uh, it didn't involve Space Force. I, it's still s- sort of surreal to think about Space Force being a military force. Because uh, you're, what you said makes so much sense. Um, Essentially, what Space Force is, is all the space commands that grew up, like, they were in the military. Like, you know, Navy had their space on Space Command. Army had theirs. Uh, Marines had theirs. Air Force had theirs. So we're just consolidating that and making Space Force. So I'm like, all right, we're going to do that. Why not consolidate all the logistics uh, components, right? Like, everybody, every other service has logistics, right? And every other service has MPs, right? But the thing is, they are doing that with the MPs. They're, like, doing, like, a federal-level police thing. Like, I just saw with security forces. They are trying to make at least 6,000 security forces in the next two years, uh, essentially like federally trained police officers right so i was mm. like man yeah so they're gonna start that transition like of already having you like federally trained to be a police officer before you get out of service and i'm like that i actually like that right you have to have less wasted time right i mean if you're gonna put the time in to serve your country being able to transition and leverage 
you know, career capital basically into something else, even if you don't use it directly, if it can be a jump off point, if it can be a reference point, something like that, you know, yes, you're absolutely that right. translates yes. that, that totally makes sense. There's just a lot of wasted. I will agree a hundred percent. There's a lot of, a lot of wasted time in the military, at least from my perspective, it was hurry up and wait. <laughs> Death by PowerPoint. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hurry up and wait. Be here. Oh. If you're, if you're 15 minutes early, you're still late. And when you get there early, not on time, you're probably gonna do some push-ups because why yes. not? And then you're minutes, still gonna wait. Fifteen minutes prior to fifteen minutes prior. Yeah. Uh, the first person will say, "Be here at at oh uh, eight hundred. Your 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 squad leader might say, "Okay, seven fifteen. Yes, I don't, you gotta I'm be there gonna... early for some reason. You gotta meet for some reason. Like, okay, we're forty five minutes early for, and the first sergeant actually made us early too. So we have to be there till nine o'clock. Nine hundred. That's Next like thing you know, we're there people. an hour and 45 minutes early. We missed breakfast. We spit shot our, our boots the night before. We pressed our uniform. Now a you lot see of how crazy time. that was. Like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, a lot I of tell people, like, you know, 12-hour shift in the military is really like a 14, 15-hour shift. So yeah. it's not yeah. it's Maybe not it's because you're thing. young, maybe. I mean, the majority. So the, the majority of people that are new in the military are younger, right? It, just by nature. I mean, so I was 18. So you think it's designed to keep us out of trouble? Because that don't work. No, I mean, I just think that, like, you got maybe more energy. So you could be abused more, you know, to some degree. Like, you, you're, you're more resilient. You can stay up later and get up earlier. No, I remember it sucking. And, like, that's why. It did I, suck. Because we don't have that balance. That's why, you know, active duty troops go so hard in the paint when it comes to partying. And then you go, like, you know, I was a teetotaler in the military, right? Oh so gosh. I didn't drink. I didn't, like, do, I didn't do any of that. I was it. Like, I was a go-to-the-gym type dude. I was a gym nerd. I was a boxing gym nerd, like, fitness gym nerd. That was my thing. Like, that's my party. So you go to the gym, and you're, like, carb-loading and stuff, and, to, like, for, you know, sparring practice. So you get back to the squadron Monday. There's a DUI uh, that you had nothing to do. And, you know, I'm we're old school, so one person got in trouble on something like DUI. Everybody is Everybody paying in price, trouble, yeah. Right? And that person is getting a bad conduct. Wow, destroyed. Drew, I got some but, stories, man. I got some stories. Okay. <laughs> I was saying, like, oh man. I lived my, close to Canada and I was under 21. Me and my buddies were under 21. So we were in Canada a lot. I was stationed at Tyndall Air Force Base at one point in my career, which is essentially nine months of spring break. Yeah. Like, so, like, spring break started in February when the college kids from Canada like, started coming down and didn't end to like September. Like, that's spring break in Panama City. Yeah. It. Like, wow. Like, I don't even want to talk about this on the air. Like, I don't, can't have this. <laughs> I don't well, have these stories. Teaser there. The point, I think, so for <laughs> listeners catching up, still deep in this sort of somewhat tangent, this this is a, a mixture of Air Force life and military life for the Army as well, you know, because it's it's a, just a different time, you know. I'm I'm 42, man. I'm not, I'm not 21 anymore. I was in the military 18 to 21. 22 ish, something like that. So, I mean, those are a whole, a whole different atom, you know, a whole different atom with a different set of agendas, a different set of goals, a different set of experience, you know? And so like, that's like Adam, you know, beta. I don't even know if I was like a 1.0, like it was, it was a different version of Adam. Basically. Yeah, I, I try to tell people that like, you know, I have a friend I tell, like, nostalgia, uh, what happens is the further you get away from something, the more you miss it, because mm -hmm. you forget how much 
that thing sucked when you were in it. And like the thing that people like us, all we were doing, we were reminiscing about how it made us feel. Like, yeah. We're not thinking about like, you know, when we were thinking in that you know, we were complaining the entire time, like, yo, this is I was stupid. super broke. That's the only thing I remember, too, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was broke. Yeah, so I'm like, man. My gosh, my wife's like, she's like, how much money did you make in the military? I'm like, not much. I mean, I remember writing down, like, this, it didn't have a computer then, because it was just, it's just you know, 2001. <laughs> Dude, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a computer. I really didn't. I didn't have a computer until I was out of the military. I was 21 years old, so... uh Every day I'd be writing down my bills like, okay, I got to pay this. It'd be like 18 bucks for this. I mean, you know, that's nickel and diamond basically. Like writing down like, okay, I got a $10 bill here. And I'd be like, okay, minus, minus, minus. Okay, I got 120 bucks to spend for the rest of the month. It was. If that, after paying for my car. And it's kind of crazy that you that actually wrote your stuff down. Well, we they had this thing when I was in where you could take your bills to like services or finance, like yes, they they merged services and finance and like did like some MPF type thing. But they take your bills to finance, they could log it in, so you know you wouldn't even see that money like come out, like that money come out your check before you get your bank account. Right? right. Yes. Make life real easy then, I guess. Yeah. Yes, and no. You're like, damn, my money. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, I get it. They, they, How much do you get paid a month? 120 bucks. <laughs> they say I make. They say I make this much money. I am not seeing yeah. that. Like, I need to make some life yeah. changes, and I think. People think people want to no. <laughs> I think people think that veterans may actually just make bank because they because you see the Marine with like a like Mustang and so like that. Like, no, that dude get that at like 30% markup. And, oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's the one thing they're like, please, like, if you buy, uh, if you know any like people trying to get in the military, like, especially young people, please tell them. Do not buy a car from any car dealership near the installation. Oh my like, gosh! Yes, please go very do. far away. <laughs> whatever. I mean, you do. it's so pred- it should be illegal. It's predatory. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, not. it's so predatory. And I learned this the hard way. Like I was trying to get more involved in my community in Tyndall and Panama City. I had learned that there was an era, like there was a part of the um, there was a time at the schools they taught economics. And what had happened was because from the like the first uh first uh biggest funding like pro, uh, thing for the city was military. Second was spring break. Third mm-hmm. was car dealerships. Well, because the people that were coming out of high school had or was learning about like you know learning about you know uh, interests and all this other stuff. They were not buying these cars. So two years later, they stopped teaching economics in the high schools because the business people were like, your education, the things we're teaching in school is like impacting our bottom line. And that was the first time I was like, That's so this, crazy. this is why. That's why people are like, why don't we learn taxes in school? I was like, because it, it impacts somebody's bottom line somewhere. That's right. And, and the, in your government's like pipeline that's why you don't know that's why you don't learn that's why your kids come to school knowing common core math that you've never heard of but they can't you know balance like you know their own like yeah stuff it's rigging the system essentially it's like uh it's censorship of knowledge essentially it's like oh that's what it is right that's why yeah and put it on and put it on the on you or the parent or you know that's disgusting man yeah it's as i learned that while in the military so it's so un-american even you 
actually Harshell is a lot of cities and municipalities do that. So it's it's almost as American as apple pie. Okay, let, let me, let me re- <laughs> rephrase that. It should be un-American. It, it should be un-American. Fellow country people that way. I mean, it just like, you know, to, well, just using the car dealership as an example, like if you educate people of what interest rates are, how they work, how they impact your credit, what happens if you miss a payment, what it means to have your car repossessed. If you're educated to that and you make a wiser decision on a purchase with your own dollars that you're working hard for and you're serving the country to get those dollars, shame on you. You know what I'm saying? Shame on you. You have to think about it. For suppressing that. Well, what is it that lawyers, uh, the number one thing that they focus on when you go to law school for like the first two years is developing your moral pit. Right. So you have to be able to do things best for the client, but might not necessarily be best for society. Right. Because the best lawyers, you know, if the best lawyers are, you know, if the glove doesn't fit, you must quit type deal. Right. That's right, know, man. LJ killed him. Like, right, LJ did it. Yeah, LJ man, did it. Right, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Was, but, you know, Johnny Cochran did it. He crushed that shit. Right. He did. So he did. that. And when you come to those municipalities in those areas, it's like it's it's what they, it's what it's supposed to be, and it's really it's really weird as a society, right? That's why you know when I look at like politics and things now these days, I'm like, you know, when I look at algorithms in these days, right? I think about like how do we make you know our algorithms and our programming more holistic? Because like you know, I look at the Audi thing, right, where they were having the algorithm, you know lie about emissions and i look at like you know how the manager of the programmer didn't go to jail the ceo didn't go to jail but the programmer went to jail right i was like so the dude that wrote the code this only person who got punished for this big lie and i was like how do i how do i fix this problem i have no idea what's going on now but pups man pups pups do what they do yeah, but yeah, we have talked about everything today, though. It's crazy. And we've been on here for like an hour and a half. So what else do you want to know? Like, You know, well, let's come back to let's come back to Vetsuko. I mean, I think that, uh, one, uh, I started off saying, uh, you know, I have thought about you quite a bit. And I am a veteran. And I've always, you know, part of, you know obviously, a large part of my story is my time in the military service. Um, and, you know, my advice to people, too, like if, if I meet, you know, a mom or something like that. And they're like, hey, I got a kid. I got my son there. They want to go into the military. My daughter wants to go in the military. What, what do you think? Is that smart? And my answer is, is a couple of different versions of it. But, you know, my point is that I love the military. I think it does have its benefits. And I think it's smart to do that. If uh, if if you don't have a plan in your life and you don't have grades to get into school or whatever, if, you, if you're looking for an alt, I think it's great no matter what, whether you're, you know, not smart even. Or, you know, super smart even. I think regardless, you should do what you got to do. But I think the military taught me so much about leadership, taught me so much about discipline, way of life, you know, all sorts of different stuff. And so my advice is like military. So I'm pro-military on that front. I am too. Um, and uh, matter of fact, I'm not – I'm very pro-military. What I am is anti um, anti putting like stigmas on the military because like I don't – the the issue – is not the military. The issue is the stigmas that come from the military mm-hmm. um, and civilian sector that they push on us to where you either have to fall in line with these stigmas or you're not really military, one. Right. Or two, 
we don't get the type of services and opportunities because of the fact we're not military. I mean, the fact we don't have these stigmas. Like my, like one of my projects, one of my life's works is like, I am trying to make sure that employers understand that you are fumbling the bag when you do not hire enlisted troops, particularly first term troops, those troops that are four to six years when you're, because when you see about military veteran leadership, in the military, active duty, everybody's a leader. That's what they sell. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a leader. You are a leader at the lowest level, no matter what. You have the ability to change things. Then you get out to the civilian sector, and if you're enlisted, you serve four years, serve six years, they don't even look at you. And like the only real thing they tell you to do is go to you know school and get a GI, go to GI Bill, use your GI Bill, right? Well, you're an officer, you know. World opens you can up, do whatever. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so what happened? You know, the enlisted corps is much larger than the officer corps. So why is the enlisted corps not being utilized? Because, you know, harsh reality, like I view the officer corps like, you know, I view doctors. Some of the worst part about being, you know, enlisted or being a nurse is that the nurse and the enlisted corps teaches the officer how to do the duties or the doctor how to do the duties of the job. And then they get all the respect. And, you know, you have some person come in and take a crap on you, right? I've, I've had to train an officer and show them, like, how to do things, right? Or when mm-hmm. I was in the military. Like, master sergeants are usually the first people, the senior NCOs, they're always linked up with the baby LT, right? But, you know, the people... Yeah, the senior airmen, I mean, the E-4s through E-7s are the ones that pour the most into your baby, um, your baby officers. And then these dudes, they get treated, they get out the military, they get treated with so much respect from, like, the gate. Whereas, you know, I'm sitting remembering, like, uh, I spent, like, 12 hours on a gate with a LT going over everything, like, for a week and teaching them so much stuff. And then I get out and people think, I don't know what I'm like, that I have the ability to do this. This is crazy. Right. Yeah. So like, that is like one of my things. I'm like, you know, that impacts me. Right. I'm like, how do I get Mr. Corporate America over here who knows nothing uh, about military, you know, what he saw on TV to recognize that, guess what? D- requiring a degree from a person that already did four years on, on the job training and one of the world's most elite, like fighting forces uh, may not be the smartest thing in doing it's actually hurting your bottom line and it's hurting um, your force multiplication po- power like i love talking about force multipliers and like what's that i'm like oh y'all don't have because you don't know what it is because you don't have it because you're too busy making the uh the e-force and below go back to college get burned out by college and get all the bad habits that all the good habits they had in the military like worked out of them by being around civilians for four years that's, that's why you don't know what a force multiplier is a force multiplier is somebody who comes in and 2x, 4x, 8x, 10x entire workflow because they're looking at all, they're looking at the inches, right? They're not looking at the, they're not just looking at the deliverables. They're looking at the inches around the deliverables. Like, okay, here's a deliverable, but here, how do I automate this deliverable so this never becomes deliverable again? How do I automate it? And then, you know, make it so it's transferable to another team. So do it like, you know, we, you know, military is on inner source um, type, st- uh, inner source style protocols before inner source was cool at a lot of these companies. And it's hilarious. Like I never forget being inner source meeting at a company like uh, two years ago. And I was like, y'all, this is like the lamest meeting on earth because you all have never done this. And I'm like, I'm in the military and that's all we do is inner source technically. Uh, like, 
everybody learns from everybody. Every team, every unit learns right. from everybody. Like every forest learns from everybody. And you all don't know what other people learn. I was like, well, it comes down to it's kind of like guard duty. It's uh, it's that thing where it's like you can't leave your post until properly relieved. It's the same thing. You can't leave your job or leave a post until you're properly relieved. And that includes training. That doesn't mean yeah. it's like they're here, I leave. It means are they equipped? Do they have the knowledge? Do they have the mindset? I, or if you find a better tool, pass it to one of other people, right? Yeah, like exactly. how I view it. Transfer like, knowledge. Yes, knowledge transfer. Thank you. I view it way military uh, working dogs, right? Military working dogs is a, you know, to you, I mean, oh, police dogs, military working dogs, and stuff. that's normal right now, right? That has that wasn't around till the Vietnam War, right? Security forces troops have created the military working dog program. Then they scaled it and created inner source pro, uh, procedures and protocols, so that way other services could, you know, implement this as well. Same way with MP. Most MP schools are at Lackland Air Force Base. The Navy mm-hmm. trains right there with the Air Force on how to do that because we created this program on how to do law enforcement and like high level air base, um, air base defense, air base security because every naval ship is essentially a moving air base, right? So we did all of this stuff yeah. and then we scale it and create a method, methodology to be able to have the other, like other teams cross functional be able to do the same thing. That and you know, it's still, and it's like funny to me because I'm like, it's like, new to billion dollar companies and they're still t- and they're talking about it now in the past two three years and i'm like hmm. what is going on all right like you like you know you think that you're the old like you're the lame because you went to the military instead of college and you see all these college people say like speak ideas that you know, oh we, mm-hmm. we, we've been doing that for a minute i'm sorry sir uh, <laughs> like that's kind of weird like what do we like no or and and it also comes to like my role of being in the dealing with the military and Betsu Code and working with all these other cool companies. Like I end up working at places like until now, like I end up working at places where they're just now getting on board with stuff that I'm like isn't surprised or I'm not surprised or shocked about it at all because I'm like I'm already dealing with those people and um, seeing those things. I've already been exposed to that, and I'm trying. I'm working on like the biggest problem I have now. Literally in my life, um, as a like lead of Vetsu Code, is how do I transfer the things that I've been exposed to it at this new level, and you know pour that into the other people, so that way they can pour that into people below them, and they can pour that into people below them, so that way the junior, the the new person coming to Vetsu Code get skills that the junior across the street from them uh, at a for-profit code school is never going to see until they get into the workforce. Like that is like my, right now, that's like my big anvil problem. Like I get exposed to things like, because you know, I'm GitHub star uh, and a cloudinary chain. I mean, all these programs because of my work and I get exposed to all this stuff and I'm like, how do I transfer this down the pipeline? Like it's like I, there are things about GitHub Actions and with GitHub that they're coming that are coming down the pipeline. I'm just like, how do I? I want how do I do it without breaking my NDA? <laughs> and how do I do it in a manner to like really amplify these people's like power to, um, you know, get to work and like change the game? Like that's always my first. Like yeah. that's my first thing. They're like, how do I? You know, how do I make this new this new dev like, you know, 
better than the old dev, right? How do I how do I give this fangam or this big tech technology um, exposure to people that you know they don't get that or they're not there yet? That's that's my biggest problem. That's the one problem that is not a child that keeps me up at night, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> like that's like, a good problem to have, and it's a it's a challenging trauma. I mean, it's I a challenge. It's a horrible problem. Good to in have terms of like what the mission is, not like oh, I'm glad you got that problem, but more like that's a that's a good problem to have because you got the ability to take what you've worked hard to gain in your career, the path you've taken through the military. And your toughest problem with that is how to pass on this knowledge that you're getting every single day and enable. I'm glad that you love it because I hate it because I see myself as as a gatekeeper, right? I'm now the person that I was railing against because I'm gatekeeping because I have have information and like exposure to things that I have to figure out. You can write a book. (laughs) He'll help you out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know, right? right. I think that's what I like. I've that's one thing that I have been working a lot on. Documentation, like, yeah. Documentation I mean, you got to find a way to so document much. the ideas that you've got, like, you know, I just the wish, knowledge you got, the wisdom. I just wish there was a way to, like, you know, just get into the well, like all, and pull anything we're doing is going to be challenging, right? Anything we're yes. doing is going to be hard. But how do you, like I said, like, all right, for instance, the way I look at it, like, the past year, I've been exposed to like really high level problems when it comes to data engineering like and that's one thing like the scariest part about that exposure is certain things don't bother you because you've seen scary things right like veterans are very fight or flight motivated so like i know right now my designer is probably blowing me up because she wants to text for the newsletter right and it doesn't really bother me because like i've been exposed to some like crazy things and i'm like i'll get it to you and i get it to you it's cool it's whatever it's just like i'm gonna punch you in the face like yumi's probably like thinking like when i see you irl like gonna catch these hands so (laughs) but that is like it's like how I envision in Dragon Ball Z how Goku is with Yamcha. Like, yeah, okay, we're Super Saiyan Blue now. Can, what can you do? Does your hair change color? Doesn't can't go black to blonde? Can you like what? What do you want? What do you want me to? Do? What are you expecting to do with that? Like, come on, bro. And you know, just he doesn't register anymore. So, like, how do I keep that growth mindset, that beginner's mind, and focus on you know the problems that may matter? to someone that's not on my skill set or my exposure level yet because, you know, because what has happened to me is that problem doesn't matter to me anymore because I've been exposed to so much more. So how do I keep that, you know, this is a, you know, very big problem. My CSS isn't working. Okay. I'll get to that when I get to that. That's not an end of the world thing. Like, oh, how come this code isn't working the way I want it to work? We'll figure it out, right? Because I'm like, yo, I'm... I, I literally, uh, before I went on parental leave, I was dealing, like, you see it in the news when people are talking about the supply chain stuff, right? And we were literally, like, working on stuff that impacts that. Like, I can't say, like, that's all I can say. But that is, like, what I was working on at work, right? Like, working on things that, like, I'm working on code that is impacting stuff with the entire country it's yeah. so crazy when you're talking large to numbers of people yeah, it's a mass impact millions of people right like yeah. and you're sitting here trying to you know get stay in that beginner's mindset where you know that yeah this problem is not this problem wasn't isn't important to you now but at one point it would have been right so you need to yeah. like 
remember the you know empathy of like you know this person is you five years ago so you need to like bring yourself there right and that and it's so it's so tough because people don't recognize that they are you know what you know the the thing that i never wanted to do was that I see like other leaders do. They just put another layer of person between you and that person, right? Okay, I don't want to deal with that problem. Put somebody that's not on my level, but has experience on your level with that as well in between you and me, right? Like that sucks because now every layer I put, I'm not impacting the, you know, people the way they should be impacting. And then, you know, I don't see the problems that people, that are people that don't have experience are seeing. Like I was on, I never forget being on a call with another community organizer leader, and she was asking me advice. And I'd been in this game so long, I could see that she was asking me advice, but she had a look on her face of the advice, though another type of advice that she needed. She wanted to know, like, am I doing the right thing? Advice. I was like, no, you're doing the right thing. Some days, like I had to tell her, like, some days it's hard. Yes, it is the hardest thing you will ever do. You are dealing with people from all walks of life all the time. But this is also the most rewarding thing you will ever do in your life, right? And I, you know, had to have this, like, I had this 30-minute talk to her because I could see it in her face that these were not, this was not her problem. She was like, thank you. You you knew exactly what to say. And I was like, you know, if I had, you know, said, hey, I'll go talk to one of my senior level people instead of me, she would have just gotten the answers to the questions that she uh, asked, but not the que- not the answers to the questions that she was too afraid to ask because she was worried that of how she may, you know, come across, right? She, you know, she didn't, you know, want to have, feel like she was, you know, because women, you know, they have that stick, especially women in tech, in tech has the stigmas of like being weak, emotional and stuff. I'm like, well, the real, pro- real problem is, you know, men are toxic yeah. shit, and we don't like recognize that you can, you can be strong and emotional at the same time like i tell people like oh, i work on that every day because uh, like, i grew up i was like i'm old school military still like you, you know you cry on the inside in the military <laughs> i come from <laughs> like, I, like i had a military dad i was like i was we were like, i was telling people uh, on twitter like how my dad now is like the best most empathic grandparent ever but that person to me is an old person trying to get into heaven because i'm like oh this is the same dude during the summer i had us doing push-ups every time we went in and out the house because he didn't want us to keep running in and out because of the um he wanted us like letting the air the cold air out right letting the cold out yeah i was like this is the same dude i had i tell people i'm the first kid that had a curfew for when they could get up because I was an early riser as a teenager and my dad he would wake up at 5 30 and one morning I was up at like I would I wake up at like 4 30 no alarm nothing I got up and I was reading the newspaper before him and since then he was like look you can't don't even leave your room till after five that's uh, right you're not gonna, you're gonna, you're not, this is, gonna this show is, me up boy. this is dad time like <laughs> this, right. is, this is my quiet time that's you're right. up in the kitchen my space. in that's my quiet space. time I can't have that. I was like, no, this dude, if you brought home less than a C, if you brought home anything less than a B, you had to, the whole neighborhood, not just me. I wasn't like, now imagine you're the kid with the dad that for that all the parents knew, Ayo, if you don't bring home any uh, A's and B's, you bring home a C, you got to go rook marching with, uh, with Hardaway's uh, tomorrow uh, over the weekend. That's my dad. That's my pops. 
right? Like that's my dad. Uh, he's the army guy who was making all the all the kids around home seas rook march on Saturday. Like I was like, that's why I'm that's like, awesome. I absolutely hate outside to this day. And we said, like the minute I quit the military, I was like, I'm not rook marching at all ever, right? I'm not. Right. Don't ask me to go hiking on the waterfalls, nothing, because this dude, like, uh, he ruined outside for me. Outside sucks. So like, and now like he's getting on me for being having controls on like how long the kids can get on the Wi-Fi. I'm like. Like, do you remember? Do you remember how you were? Like, can I remind you, like, sir, some of the things you did, sir? We were allowed to play video games from eight to twelve on Saturdays if we woke up early enough to knock out mowing the lawn during the summer, and you were there the entire time. Then at noon, it had to stop. So that was four hours a week. I'm giving them like triple the amount of time you gave me as a kid. What are you talking about? Um, like, <laughs> just like, I just look at them. Like, my mom was like, no, my mother in law, she was talking about some, uh, we need to find a way to take care of one of the dogs more ourselves than having our teenage children take care of the one dog they have responsibility for. And my wife was like, are you, it's crack, isn't it? You're, you're insane. You're on a type of drug. And it was like the, like I said, it was the funniest thing on earth. Like, like our grand, our parents are really tripping in this grandparent phase of their life. Like, why, who mm-hmm. are you people? I was like, my wife, she asked me questions. I'm like, that is not my dad. I have no idea who that man is. That is like, he looks like my dad. Proof there's change, right? Like, Proof nah. that's, I mean, like, gosh. Hell no, that's my 20 year old versus 40 year old version of me. Not the same at all. <laughs> No, I feel like my parents are kidnapped, and those are pod people, and I need to like, I need the government to go get these <laughs> invasion of the body snatchers. Yes, I was like, that is not my like, like cause they still they still hold that same relationship with you, right? Like the, when you say when you have thought process, you talk to your parents, they're still they still talk and think like your parents to you. Then they get with your kids, and I'm like, who are you? I just spoke to you five minutes ago, like. What happened? Like, why don't I get that? Like, what is going on? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. So, well, you know, I'll be here to encourage you. So, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to make this some sort of annual thing, man, where we get together on Veterans Day. You know, I want to talk about where you're at with Vet Two Code. I want to talk about who's coming through the cohorts. You're giving the Excelsior Award to. You know, I want to honor what they're doing, the books they're writing, the nonprofits they're creating. The impact you're helping to make, you know, I, I, do that. I love that, man. I, I want to be able to like make introductions. My my dream is to like, like I said, I'm 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 the guy now, right? When it comes to veterans learning how to code, no matter what code school says it, you know, the first person that a veteran is going to reach out to to ask questions about coding. Before, like, whether from free code camp or general assembly or national software school, there, you know, somebody's going to send me a DM and ask me questions, right? Mm-hmm. So, what I want to be able to do and become is on Veterans Day, not just me, I want to be able to be a forest multiplier and bring these people to you. You're like, yo, here's some veteran talent out here that people mm-hmm. aren't really talking about, right? Or even just make, like, throughout the year, like, hey, yo, this is a hot veteran. This person's affiliated with this. You should probably talk to them. Like, you know, I have um, a veteran, Mike, Mike White. He's doing some cool stuff. J- Jacob Evans, you definitely, if you're on Twitter, you need to reach out and find Jacob M. Uh, Evans at Cloudflare. He, oh, man, this, he's a, sc- a former security forces troop, and he is blazing, dude. He's been, I think, 
in code for like three, four years, and he's already like really he's he's just a talented dude, man. Mm-hmm. Like and that's my dream, right? Like I think that's the and that's the ability of, you know you and I can have that's such right? a great uh such a great thing you have, honestly. That's why I was saying it's a good problem to have. And I couldn't quite articulate it well because I was trying to like say your problem is good. It's more like the position in life you're in. You have a the the great fortune to be able to direct so many and impact so many lives. Like you were saying the code you got to write in this NDA scenario that impacts X, you get to impact more people that have that opportunity to impact that too. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's such a great place you're in. To have that that kind of impact, so that's what I was trying to say. Was yeah, that, I, I, now that I agree with you, and like and that's what I meant by a great problem to have. That's that's what I was trying to articulate that didn't come out quite that way. <laughs> all, right, all right, I get that now. I, I have a uh, one of the you have to read if I know even if you're not a big fan, you have to read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, right? And I I was inspired by that to be like you know when I came to like the journey of Stoicism and things of that nature is like. I want to be like, what's the point of coming through here knowing that you have a finite time coming through here and not, you know, making sure you're the best of the best doing it. Like mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I don't understand. I don't have it in me to be that guy. Right. To be like, I'm just going to dial it in and, you know, not give it, not give it my all. Right. Cause I know I keep that pain of how it felt getting out the military for me. And then I move on. I'm like, if it hurt for me, it had to hurt for other, got to hurt for other people, right? Mm-hmm. So now that's my mission, right? My mission is let me find let me find those hard chargers, let me train them up, let me give them opportunities that I wish I had faster. And I, like I, I tell people, like I feel like I'm like this next phase of Etsuko. I feel like I'm on like the Avenger protocol. I feel less Captain America and more like Director Nick Fury, right? Like I'm over here right. starting the Avengers <laughs> in his piece. Like it's You're a exciting. big Marvel fan. I'm a big Marvel fan too, but just, I am the I like it how biggest you, you, Marvel fan because yeah, they it, Marvel did something that DC never does. Like DC was all about you know tra- correlation of gods to superheroes. Marvel is about okay. What happens if there are no gods? That makes us the superheroes. That makes us the problem solvers. That makes us the people that have to be solve these really tough, really complex problems. You know, it makes us, you know, having to figure out how do I talk Responsible. to... Yeah, how do I in the 60s talk to uh, people about racism without them getting, like, mad and being able to listen? I create X-Men. I turn... Uh, Professor X is Martin Luther King... Magneto's Malcolm X, and while I t- I share you their opposing views and let you make the decision on your own, what uh, how they are handling it, which one's right or wrong, which one you agree with or disagree with, I the bigger problem that I want you to focus on is how the human race is treating the mutants, right? That's the story. That's what Stan Lee and like Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko are on, right? Or, you know, how, you know, no, Captain America punches the Nazis unequivocally. Yes, he does. Like, I'm going to put it, like, that was controversial, right? Because the first American Nazi, like, convention happened, like, months at, uh, before uh, in New York before uh, that uh, Captain America one where he's punching Hitler and like and that was like the thing that uh, Stan Lee was like no Americans punch Nazis we do Americans don't become Nazis Americans punch Nazis I'm gonna put that on the boom here you go here's Captain America hitting a Nazi in the face so you know where we stand about this this is what you do right so like in that this is what you do <laughs> Yeah, this is what you're supposed to do. And 
the, uh, the question of super soldier serum, right? Like, so like the secret of like, you know, when they did the whole 616, uh, like my favorite story is weapon plus, right? That's my favorite arc of like with captain America. Cause it involves a lot of people beyond captain America it involves Wolverine. So weapon plus is about, you know, the super soldier protocols. There was a weapon zero. They made him. He went crazy and they learned that super soldier serum not only amplifies your abilities, amplifies who you are as a person. And so weapon X I mean, Weapon X is Wolverine. Weapon 1 is Captain America. And how Super Soldier Serum amplified who he was as a person. And the secret of being a true superhero begins well before you have super strength and you could throw a shield and do backflips and stuff. It begins mm -hmm. like, you know, when you're... Well, he jumped on a grenade. He was, he was yeah, selfless. Exactly. That, and that's the lessons that, you know, they wanted to teach and instill, right? So that, and you know... I just love how Marvel tries to focus on teaching us things. That's what I want to do with code and what I want to do with veterans. I want to teach, you know, when it comes to society, right? And, I, and that's the thing I try to teach. Um, like that I try to talk, I talk to civilians. I'm like, a veteran came up with this idea of using yeah. superheroes as the new Aesop's fable, right? Or the Nazi tales, right? When I was a kid and we did African-American literature, there was the Nazi tales and it was like about this spider that, you know, it was super wise and super cunning or get out these straps and stuff. Uh, and go into the Chinese uh, history. They have uh, my favorite book, Journey into the West. They have the Monkey King. And he shows how to, as a monkey birthed out of stone, uh, he rose to the power to the level of gods by doing the work, right? And like, you know, that's what Dragon Ball Z is based off of, right? So I love these type of tales uh, where it shows of perseverance and like going in deeper into yourself to pull the best version of yourself out and bring people up with you, right? And that's what I want. That's what I see with Vetsuko. I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. my job is to identify those veterans who are going into themselves, pulling the best version of themselves out, and they can impact like society positively with code. And they're in your industry, and you should hire these people, right? You should not look at whether they are officer, whether they have a degree, how many years they've been in. No, this person right here is a force multiplier, and you should bring that person to your table, right? That's mm -hmm. what I want to do. That's like, like that's my new life's work. Like that's and that's the thing. And that's the scary thing about being at Fangam companies, like. You get your goals get so crazy big because you see the world at a much smaller like view than when you're like junior and you're like working like I see the world so much different now when I was working at comic um when I worked at Microsoft I was working at comic book because I was exposed to like a totally different world, right? Uh where the problems that you know as Microsoft we try to solve are real and scary real sometimes right where the problems that we were trying to solve at comic book was page speed and how to get people to stay on the website longer for like more ads right so so we can make more money mm. right so yeah, it's like really it doesn't translate to it doesn't meaningful it it's not the same so yeah, it's not and when you're like so when i think about this stuff that's what that's what and how i think of it like this is how i want to help like veterans right and they, i want to mm -hmm. find a find a talent Find the military spouses that are talented to train them up, get them in front of the right people, get them in front of the youths of the world. Let you be like, yo, so what makes you, what make you like so highly regarded? Jerome's like on fire about you. Right? Because mm -hmm. I know, I know who Jerome is. I know how on fire Jerome can get. And if Jerome's excited about you, who the hell are you? So, like, that's what I What's want. What's the plan then for tomorrow then? So, what, uh, you mentioned an award and something like that, but you, how do you want, how do you plan to expose some of this higher talent that you've, we're doing you know, uh, to work with. 
We are doing our Vets Code demo day. We have our process, basically we're going through all our organization stuff, our goals for the next five years, how we're going to be doing cohorts from now on, from hiring all the way to like features and things of that nature. Uh, we're going to be talking about the job search features. The last cohort dropped and like, you know, bringing up about uh, Stephen, Lan uh, Stephen L. I can't pronounce it. It's like some crazy French name. Uh, <laughs> Stephen and David. And That's why you call him L. <laughs> yes. Yeah. David and how they worked together and, you know, built this. And I had like another junior dev with them who through the process of this, he ended up getting full time at his job. Uh, he was on a contract and internship came through, did this. Uh, I made him, I was like, you are the engineering manager. You're not allowed to touch on a single line of code unless you're pairing with somebody. You report to me. I'm the client. And like, cause yeah, I want to put the fear of God to people. That's what I do. Uh, I think I feel like that's like what 80% of my job is. You know, see is scaring shit out of people. Like, okay, Jerome's serious. As so we're going to talk about that. And we're going to show the things that are like, I'm going to show you our entire roadmap that I have, that I've built like, and, and like secrecy from people. And like, and it's crazy because I saw how GitHub was building their stuff. And I was like, so, so we can be this crazy. I'm going to be this crazy. Like, this is mm. what I'm going to be. And just, like, I'm, I'm going to bring the award up, and, like, because it's here, and I'm, like, super excited to go and look at it right now. But that, and then we're just going to talk. I'm going to let people, oh, I'm interested to two new board members. Um, I have, uh, one of them is a super, like, people absolutely love. Uh, Taylor Destian, he's, like, the hottest recruiter, ever, like, on the market right now. He's coming on the board of VWC, like, People beg me to like, um, people beg for, to like be in his like Rolodex when it comes to jobs. Like, the dude is like, he, he's at Vaco and he's like on fire. Uh, mm. and Melanie Sumner, and Melanie is she's one of those rare front end talents. Um, originally coming from, she's at HashiCorp now building her design systems, but she was uh, at uh, LinkedIn. And she's one of those talents that when it comes to accessibility, she could actually, she's a, she's an accessibility expert that could actually write code. And you would be amazed how rare that is in this market that, you know, having a accessibility expert who can write uh, scalable performance, like framework code, like there's Melanie and there's Marcy. And that's pretty much all I know who are like true accessibility experts with like the coding jobs. Marcy Sutton, Melanie Sumner, and Melanie was a Navy veteran. And Taylor, he's just a dude who's been around veterans all his life after the military. He's like, I cannot wait to give back. And he's helping us with our processes with like making, you know, our 1.5 Xing our juniors and entry level devs, which is what we want to do. All right. So mm. like that's that's just a nutshell. And we're going to have bring some of the other troops to talk. Yeah. And you'll meet some of the other troops that are on team and our partnerships lead and everybody else. It's going to, like I said, I'm very happy about this. Wow. Yeah. yeah I'd love to do that. I'd, I'd love to somehow celebrate with you every veterans day. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what kind of impact we can apply to it, but you know, I just, like I had said, I wanted to reach out for pretty much since we met at OSCON. This is like several years, years ago. Now. Right, yeah. It's about at three least years. three years. And every year I just, you know, just get so busy. Like this is the business we built is bootstrapped. We're not venture backed. You know, we've had to build it from scratch. From nothing. Up, Love that. You know what I mean? And so we've had to keep our teams lean and things small and stuff like that. In that terms of is a story agility. in itself of veteran agility. Like, yeah, for people, and that's so funny because when people think about 
us, like veterans, they think about veterans and skill. They think about companies and orgs at a skill how civilians do it. But when they see that our level of impact on society and how we do things and how we do it, so lean, like, you know, that's code, it's lean. Mm-hmm. Change a lot, lean. People are like, but when our impact does not match our yeah. leanness and agility. And, and you know, this is, I would be like, this is why you should hire veterans. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, I dropped a nonprofit, like a Fortune 500 company. I'm like, I'm essentially the Drake of nonprofits right now. So why <laughs> are you not hiring more veterans? Like, I'm Drizzy. Uh, I love piece. it. So I was yeah. like, yeah, I was like, why? Like, you see, like, veterans, we could do, like, no, we are forged in, fi- in the fire the hot sun in iraq and afghanistan we can do it all like don't yeah. like don't sleep on us right so and that's like i said that's my life's work like you know i love being in these rooms and you know people be having phds and you know there are officers they're like 10 years older than me now 10 15 years older than me and they all got gray hair and stuff and i'm like you know they are so shocked of who i am when i get here my background that they started making up urban legends about my background i heard like one, I went to one meeting and then three days, three weeks later, it went down a pipeline and people were like, oh, he's like some Air Force intelligence officer or something. He was former Air Force intel. I was like, no, I wasn't. Who told you that? Oh, this guy told me. Who told him that? And I was like, this guy told me. I was like, all of those people are wrong because they can't fathom that a person like me, a dude from the South, from the enlisted corps, from security forces, has done this type of impact to get into, you know, Barack Obama's radar, getting on, you know, Google's radar, uh, Microsoft's radar, you know, everybody's radar, all the big tech radar. Like, if you're in education and tech, if that's if you're part of that sector, like, I'm on everybody's website, right? I'm on Front End Masters, Pluralsight, Hacker Rank, like, everybody talks about me, right? And, like, this dude must be, like, a, you know, genius like not i'm not i'm not i'm some i'm not quincy larson i'm not some teacher who turned into a coder i'm I'm like i had i turned an m4 carbine to m uh to a macbook pro like that's who i am like i'm the person i walk the walk that i i talk the talk that i've because i walk the walk that my veterans have right i know how it feels to do on patrols i know how it feels to be out there in 120 degree heat i know how it feels to be like you know what this is trash like i uh, every worst day you've had i've had a day just like that i know exactly where you're coming from i know how hard it is to learn how to do this with a family i know all that stuff like let me tell you how i did it so that you don't have to figure out how to do it right so yeah like that like that's my like that puts me on fire like that's my life's work i just like like the best part is like when officers in their uniforms come in i'm like okay bro whatever like i don't even like i don't you know it's, it's like dobby like i have no like it's like when they took the sock from dobby I'm like, i don't know master what are you talking about i'm good like <laughs> you know, harry potter i'm like oh I'm, yeah i'm like I'm, I'm good like or pinocchio he's singing like i have no strings in here like that's me i'm like and my wife she's like you're so mean when it comes to officers i'm like because they were mean to us first, and now I get to be mean to them. I'm doing it for every E4 and below <laughs> in the world. Yeah, yeah. So revenge is just best served cold, but like I'm serving this uh, smart Alec mouth, hella spicy. Like this is what's going on, and she's like, "You're gonna grow up one day." I'm like, not today though. <laughs> not today. Not today. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was great talking to you. I uh, I think my wife just texts me because I can now. Yeah, I have to go help. Uh, you I got go, things yeah. to do, man. Yeah, you got yeah, things to do. Things Trust to do. me. I'm sure you do. Hey, I appreciate you giving me so much time, honestly. Um, it's great catching back up, and uh, I want to celebrate with you. So, 
All right. Let's make it a thing. Let's make it a thing if we can. Let's do it. Mind. Let's do yeah. it. And I'll send you an invite to tomorrow as well so you can cool. see the things we're doing. Cool. All, All right. right, Jerome. Thanks, man. Thank you.